If you are a startup looking to grow in Cambridge, the Bradfield Centre offers a range of flexible membership packages which put you in control of your office and home working mix. There's a vibrant, collaborative atmosphere, on-site cafe, plenty of green outside space and regular member social events. For more information, visit bradfieldcentre.com or call 01223 919600. Welcome to the Cambridge Tech Podcast, talking all things technology from the heart of the UK's tech capital. Here are your hosts, Faye Holland and James Parton. Hello, I'm James. And I'm Faye. So another year has gone round and it was Mobile World Congress again this week. So I thought I would be really proactive and I put out a call for people to tell me what was going on at Mobile World Congress because neither of us were there. And it went down like a damp squib. Honestly, I got like no, well, I, I think like Zav um, posted and um, Cambridge Clean Tech, a couple of people posted and sent me messages. But the irony is I posted something else on LinkedIn about writing quagmire in an email, which I was super proud of. And I got more interaction for writing an email with quagmire in it than I did for Mobile World Congress. I mean, get that. Well, quagmire and telecoms, there's uh, <laughs> there's there's some synergy there, I think. Oh yeah, but it was it wasn't related, but no, I like the synergy there. That's that's kind of good. Anyway, however, I did get some input. So our Deloitte resident prediction guru Ben Stanton was there. Cambridge consultants were there demoing photonic computing. I saw Toby Mills was there talking about Entopy's AI enabled digital twin. So by the looks of things, it was a pretty huge draw once again. And maybe everyone was so busy networking that no one could actually respond to me. <laughs> I mean it, it does seem to still be the place to be if you're in the mobile and uh telecoms industry absolutely i think the themes for this year were 5g and beyond connecting everything humanizing ai manufacturing dx game changers and our digital dna so uh, they, they'll kind of sound kind of interesting yeah, they do. And you know what I thought was quite nice when I saw that was on next week's podcast, we've invited three of the winners of the 21 to watch top 21, because that's what the episode's about. And actually, the three people we've picked are covering three of those topics. So super relevant, I would like to think. It's like you know what you're doing. This is amazing. Oh, I know. No. Well, talking about that, so so f- some other stuff for YFN were there. It was their 10th year supporting startups. And actually, I think we should go and find out a little bit more about that program because they've got a huge following within 4YFN. Have you come across them before? Yeah, I've been to their events. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. the. Lo- I think my last World Congress must have been around 2016. And I went to like two or three of their events. So yeah. Okay. But the, the other bit of saying, do I know what I'm doing? I've always had this obsession with doing an event in a boxing ring. Okay. <laughs> I know. You have to get your aggression out. I don't say that out loud to, to other people to hear. I'm not like that at all. But I just think it's like really quirky to do like a pitching competition in a boxing ring. Uh, you know, aren't we moving away from all of that testosterone fueled? 
pitching and, and like shenanigans. I don't know. Yeah, but I just, just think a boxing ring. Anyway, the point is, is I think it was a really cool idea. And like Chris from Ben UAV and Gemma will, will vouch for my random, random ideas. But actually the digital talent space, they do it. Their event is in a boxing ring. So there's no originality in the idea whatsoever. So yeah, I'll park that one, shall I? My last fun fact for World Congress before we move on is um, back to the, we always like to bring music into our episodes whenever we can. So I played a gig to about 350 people in the bull ring in Barcelona in one of the uh, mobile World Congresses. There you go. Oh, there we go. We learn something every day. News. Let, let's, let's get on with the news then, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Uh, there's a, there's lots this week. Uh, please do head over. We mention them every week and on the website and uh, on the show notes. But our, our partner for our news is Business Weekly. And they put out lots of uh, news stories throughout the week on their LinkedIn feed. So do check them out. Uh, the first highlight from this week is Monumo, who were featured back in episode 59. And they've just reached a new company milestone. They are redesigning the electric motor with deep tech engineering and are now able to run 10 million simulations in 24 hours. This means that it's now possible to identify optimal parameters for specific motor use cases, whether by reducing cost, increasing efficiency or improving sustainability. In other news, satellite comms company Hanoir Phaser, which has its ASIC Centre of Excellence at Cambridge Science Park, has formed an alliance with Lufthansa Technic to deliver advanced in-flight connectivity for commercial flights. It's a multi-year agreement and it'll see Lufthansa Technic designing, building and supplying several hundred fuselage-mounted airborne satellite communications radomes for Hanwell Phaser each year. And a radome, and I went and looked this up for those who don't know what it is, is a structural weatherproof enclosure that protects the radar's antennae. There you go. QPT's fundraising campaign on Crowdcube has exceeded their 600,000k target with two weeks to the deadline. They're based in the Bradfield Centre and they've raised the money from 192 individual investors. The company recently announced Rupert Baines as its CEO, uh, which is effective from the 1st of April. And uh, Rupert is a veteran of the semiconductor industry with C-level roles, including the CEO role at Ultrastock, which was sold to Siemens, and the CMO of Codasip. So congratulations to QPT and also to Rupert. And we met Rupert at Hamilton Changemakers, didn't we, a year or so ago? And the final piece of news is from another St. John's Innovation Centre tenant, Cinema 8, who is pioneering an innovative AI core video experience platform. And they've unveiled a strategic partnership with Daily Motion, a leader in video solution services. And the partnership is set to revolutionize the digital media industry by adding interactivity to videos on Daily Motion. So that's the end of the news section, but I did also catch up with Sylvia Russell from Cambridge Cleantech as the deadline for this year's Venture Day is fast approaching. I asked Sylvia to tell us some more. Hi, Sylvie. Um, tell us a little bit about this year's Venture Day, please. Hi, Faye. Yes, delighted to announce that the next Cleantech Venture Day will be on the 2nd of July and it will be held at KPMG in Canary Wharf in London. So it's a full day uh, from uh, early morning to late uh, evening uh, with lots of networking opportunities. And who are you looking for to apply this year? So we are looking for five different themes this year. One will be so for anyone that is working on a clean tech or climate tech solutions, and we can break them down in different sectors. 
One of them is water, energy, transport, circular economy, and building tech. But also in terms of funding, we're looking for companies that are looking for a level of seed, series A or series Bs. So they've already raised capital then? Yes. So that will be the second second round, for example. Okay, that's really important for people interested in applying to know. So, so if you're in one of those sectors and you're at one of those investment levels, then how do they apply and what's your deadline? So the deadline is 22nd of March. So we still have one month to apply. I made it quite easy. There are five key questions to answer and the form can be found on our website, on the Cleantech Venture Day website. If not, if you cannot find it, join me on LinkedIn or on the Cambridge Clean Tech website. Perfect. Well, let's hope we get you some good submissions and we'll get you back on the podcast to talk about the Venture Day and the finalists that make it there in July. Fantastic. And I look forward to receiving the applications. Thank you. Fabulous. Right. Well, let's get our teeth into today's episode. So this episode is dedicated to the launch of the Cambridge Tech Week event for 2024. And we attended the launch event in Cambridge, didn't we, James? We certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hosted a panel and we're going to start the episode actually by sharing that panel discussion with everyone today. So we'll start the recording from the panelists introducing themselves. Wonderful. Um, so uh, I'll ask you all to just briefly introduce yourself. So Carmen, I'll start with you. I'm Carmen Bates. I'm co-founder and CEO of UQuantum. We're a quantum networking company spun out of the university in 2018. Um, so we're, we're in the field of quantum computing. Quantum computers are the next uh, revolution in information technology, so a new way of processing and, and really using information. But the, these quantum computers are very hard to build. They'll be the size of a small data center and what we're building is the quantum networking infrastructure that will be able to connect many quantum computing modules together so that we can really build the kind of quantum computers that will um, solve the, the really, really impactful problems. Thank you, Carmen. Dave Moore, CEO of Pragmatic Semiconductor. I guess in uh, 15 seconds we make flexible chips, so ultra-thin flexible, ultra-low-cost, ultra-sustainable chips, which basically enables us to embed them in virtually any object on the planet. Uh, headquartered, I'm proud of it, here in Cambridge, manufacturing in the Northeast and Durham. And thanks for the opportunity for being here. Hi, I'm Pam Garside. I'm chairman of Cambridge Angels. I'm sure a lot of you know Cambridge Angels, a group of high-net-worth individuals also who came out of Cambridge and are based here. Proud supporter of Cambridge Tech Week. Glad to see our logo. Uh, my background's in health and health tech. Uh, good evening, everyone. I'm Harriet. I uh, run a consultancy called HFA Limited, and uh, that uh, it's been going for a number of years now. But uh, until the end of last year, I ran Cambridge And, which was uh, the shop window for Cambridge's innovation to the world for foreign direct investment. And I chair Cambridge Ahead, and I've just become very proudly a trustee of Cambridge Science Centre and sat on the committee for the inaugural Cambridge Tech Week last year. Wonderful. I thought we'd start with a little bit of reflection, actually, just looking back at the first Tech Week in 2023. Um, well, it's not you, Heather, because you've got the microphone. Um, <laughs> um, what were your impressions of last year? What were your highlights? Uh, so my impressions of last year was incredibly hard work, <laughs> mainly, <laughs> uh, but very needed, very yeah. necessary, I think. 
and I really like the way Chris presented this year, and, and indeed we presented it last year, which is that this is not, and never will be, I don't think, Chris, about Cambridge telling the world how brilliant it is. You know, anyone that really understands technology and innovation will know the world prowess that Cambridge has, and it's it's very well documented, you know, a billion words over. So Cambridge Tech Week last year, what I loved about the focus of it was that it was all, it was an inaugural, so we needed to cover a range of things, but it was really about how can we as a community, as, as that ecosystem, encourage the best minds in the world to come to Cambridge, to, to collaborate even more than they are already. You know, many of you will have amazing international collections, but how do we make it a little beacon for the best minds in the world to come and meet with other best minds in the world and do some amazing things to address global challenges? Um, and the highlight for me, I think, was that we had, um, I would say, probably 95% amazing feedback. <laughs> so that's always a nice feeling that, you know, we're on the right track to then, obviously, for this year, um, move it to a different, a different level. So, um, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, well, I can't say much because I wasn't here. I think I was in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what you said this was like Southwest, uh, Southwest, Southwest. I was thinking it was like Southwest, Southwest, Southwest without the drugs. Don't go into that one. <laughs> 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 so I wasn't there. But Katie Jones was asked to support, and I have to say, our first reaction was not another one. Uh, as in event track, but, but I heard from my uh, members and Mark Seventy-Year and Strange Angels, it was really good questions about venue. Uh, but it was really good, and we had two angels doing office hours. You know, sort of images of a gypsy tent come to mind, <laughs> and they thought they'd be twiddling their thumbs, and they were mocked by young companies and startups. And that's a I made a promotional. Cambridge Angels, we're sort of smart capital from entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs and our members really like helping the young tech entrepreneurs and that worked really well. So I did hear positive things. I think it's really important. I worked in America for a long time, still go there a lot and um, I suppose JP Morgan is the big place that health and biotech go every January. But the, the concept of attracting people here I think it's really good. And I did hear that it wasn't just Cambridge looking at itself last year. So I think that's really Fabulous. Uh, David gets a pass because you're in the United States. Right? I just, I just got here. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have a special pass. But I, I mean, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to being able to play more role this year as it comes around. I think it is a good opportunity to kind of bring it outside in view. I would, I would say from the outside, inside of things, um, Cambridge has, you know, obviously an amazing reputation. And I think there is an opportunity to bring more lens onto it. Uh, I think you look at the, the heritage of Cambridge, the obviously the companies that have come out of it, you see them from the US side all the time. Uh, so I think these events are a good opportunity to, to, to bring a lens, but bring outside people in. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how it comes together this year. Carmen, you were a speaker in last year's program. How, how did that go for you? Yes, yeah, so I was uh, one of the panelists in the quantum session. and. Panels sometimes can be boring or... Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> but you know, not, not, not all panels on quantum for all audiences quite work. And, and that one really worked. And I think um, people were um, really interested. There were lots of questions and a lot of people coming to us now. It, it was good, it was good. My feedback was going to be about, about the venue. So I'm, I'm glad that that's, uh, that was already there. And, and I think 
the other thing that I that I thought is that I'd, I'd really like to see investors on stage. <laughs> I, I think it's a really, really important part of the, of the ecosystem here. And there's, you know, they've got really interesting perspectives that they can share a range of things. So, yeah, maybe that's some, something for another year. That's a perfect segue to my next question, which will go to Pam. But I also just wanted to add, congratulations to the organising committee, because you really did seek feedback from last year. And, and by the looks of what we've seen tonight, you've very much acted on that, which is really great to see. And that's a great thing. Yeah, we're implementing feedback here. We'll just get better. Would you mind passing the mic to Pam? Because just to pick up on that point, Carmen, um, Pam, <coughs> what was the what's the what's the view from the investor community? You know, what 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 does a successful tech week do for both founders and investors? Yeah, um, I suppose investors at any level, with obviously very early stage, Cambridge Angels, but from the VC community as well, is deal flow that you want to see early deals, even if they're too early for your investment stage. So seeing some of the raw talent that might develop, and Cambridge Enterprise, I'm sure they here too would be looking at that from the university. And I imagine you've got tech companies coming from outside Cambridge as well, which would be great. So it's for us to see that and to talk to each other because I think it's interesting you mentioned South by Southwest because I spent a lot of time in Austin and that's another nexus of startups, investor money, a massively important university with a lot of Dell money behind it and it's become a focal point and Cambridge is bigger than that but I think it's the having all the multi-sector people together because VCs all talk to each other as you probably know and angels tend to talk to each other I mean just to a large extent and I think having them all in the same place is really good with the founders and with the youngsters and this is not answering your question but I'm so pleased you've got that final day on young people and um, and schools which is fantastic so it's sort of multi-level I think mm. we like to hang out with each other but we like to hang out with tech founders as well <laughs> absolutely um, so David we touched on that you weren't actually in the country well you're just in the country just yeah um, just kind of transitioning the conversation to Cambridge, mm -hmm. um, well, it would be interesting to get your perspective of Cambridge, you know, from the States, from as someone that hasn't been in the cluster, and now you've been here around nine months, has that perception changed in any way? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, always honest. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I, I, you know, like I said in, 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 the, in the first question, obviously, outside in, like you said, Harry, it's no, you know, it's no mystery that Cambridge has an exceptional history and heritage, right? Obviously, the university is iconic. The companies that you know, I was a customer of, you know, my arm, others from the U.S. So obviously, that's it. You you kind of get a sense. It's obviously it's a destination. Uh, when you get here on the ground, you know, and I'm just going to talk of Cambridge a little bit here. That's okay. I think in the science, but ultimately you know it's it's phenomenal in terms of the intensity of the innovation here uh, and it is mind-blowing and people talk about silicon valley they talk about incredible it is and there's incredible stories there and there's incredible depths of venture capital and work um but i really feel that you know my eyes were you know just really open to an incredible ecosystem obviously the journey pragmatics being on has not been a short one um started in 2010 uh, I'm sure many in the room know co-founders, Scott White, uh, Richard Price. It was a journey that was built on Cambridge in so many ways, from the early angel investor times through our Series A with CIC, um, Arm, and others, all the way through Cambridge being fundamentally important to it. And 
clearly, you know, when you look at kind of the differences between the, you know, the U.S. and Cambridge, I do think that there's definitely sometimes a little more openness, let's say, in the U.S. to kind of making sure we're bringing through more different views, more people, um, more, I would say, multifaceted kind of, you know, let's say, stakeholders into some of these things. So I think that's an element that, you know, can obviously come through in, uh, in, in, uh, in the event this time around. Uh, I would also say, too, that, you know, ultimately, uh, it is an incredible uh, magnet for talent, uh, and that's fantastic, and we've been able to take advantage of pools of expertise that are actually pretty hard to find, even in Silicon Valley. Uh, but obviously, as we look forward to, there's something about doing this in Cambridge, which, again, we're really proud of, it's been hugely important, but also taking that innovation from Cambridge and then be able to drive investment and growth beyond Cambridge uh, into the Northeast where we're building our manufacturing lines, for example, something we're also very proud of. And so I think the ability of companies from Cambridge to have an impact more broadly in the country and then internationally is something that I think is the is a big part of the next chapter. Fantastic. Carmen, um, New Quantum are a great example of a you know, University of Cambridge spin-out. So maybe could you talk to how that process went for you, the support that you've had from the local ecosystem, and could you have done it anywhere else other than Cambridge? Sure. Um, so I, I think Cambridge is probably one of the best places in Europe to build a deep tech startup at New Quantum, um, and that's for, for for a range of reasons. So we we I founded New Quantum in 2018, um, and we've gone through um, two funding rounds. Uh, our seed rounds, 2.1 million in 2020, and we just closed an 8.5 million pre-series A uh, round. And all of our, our seed investors are pretty much all of the investors in Cambridge. So somebody is Hiking Capital, Madlib, Cambridge Enterprise. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Um, <laughs> and, and they all followed on in the, in the next round. So that's, that was, you know, that was really hugely important to setting up business as was the involvement of Cambridge Enterprise at the beginning. So it was the Cambridge Enterprise team who encouraged me to look to see if I could commercialize the pattern that I developed uh, during my PhD. So really important that, you know, from the very beginning, then following through the investment. And then the thing that becomes really important after, I think, is the talent pool in Cambridge. And that's not really, a, it's not really about the university. So we hired we have quite a lot of people from the university, but it's not really the bulk of our workforce. In this this year, we have tripled the size of the company. So we've gone from 15, 16 to 46 people in one year. And about two thirds of that team is technical. And about half of the technical team is PhDs, physicists. And we hire from University of Cambridge and mostly globally. But the other half is engineers, and they come from other companies in Cambridge. And that, that's, without that, we would not have been able to scale this fast, because we need control, software, mechanical, electronics, lab management, all of these things, all of this talent already exists in Cambridge, and that's really what makes for a company that wants to scale up um, Cambridge an important place. Access to good facilities continues to be important for us, actually. And for a company like us, what we would what we want from something like Cambridge Tech Week is is a kind of marker of quality. Uh, so that globally, 
Cambridge is recognized for two things. I think kind of the quality of the of the innovation and the, and the technology that is developed here, and also, and I'm really glad to see that part of the program is about scaling up. That's really important because that's we need more scale ups. We need we need to attract that sort of investment, and so being a kind of marker for that, I think would really benefit uh, companies like, like us. Fantastic, thank you. So Harry, I'm going to come to you now. You know, the Cambridge ecosystem, I think, especially over the last 24 months, has made real strides in terms of how it promotes itself, how it markets itself. Cambridge And is a big part of that. Innovate Cambridge is a big part of that. Um, so great, great foundational pieces. Tech Week obviously has a massive role to play in that. So how do we how do we continue that, and um, how important is international international connectivity important to the future growth of the cluster? Yes, I mean international connectivity is hugely important. I mean, even AstraZeneca would say they can't necessarily take a drug from idea to market entirely by themselves. And and one of the reasons, and it's it's no not betraying any confidence, when I was involved in conversations with um, with Medimmune and AstraZeneca when they were considering coming to Cambridge back in back into 2012-2013, in the previous role I had, Pascal made no bones about the fact that the reason that he was really serious about Cambridge was the world-class science, which you just um, talked about, Carmen, um, but also about the deeply collaborative nature of Medimune and what he saw um, in terms of the collaborations and the partnerships. And that was um, with a whole range of organisations and institutes, not, not purely the university. Uh, so, yeah, the need for, 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 internet, for collaborations is, is key. And in my Cambridge and role, I can say hand on heart that every single small, medium or large company that I had you know, either deep and meaningful or, or tiny conversations with, uh, the key thing for them every single time, without doubt, their top priority was long-term talent pipeline. And I was quite, I'm not a scientist, and I was quite surprised by that because I thought it would be, where's the best location? And of course, that's a part of it, but in gun to their heads, it would be, if you can guarantee my long-term talent pipeline, we don't really care where it is. We'd love it to be within four miles of the centre of Cambridge and you know the, the data that we can get out of biomedical campus, you know, with the three hospitals and being close to the university, but actually it's getting the right people at every level. Um, and that can't possibly be done entirely from our own, um, our own communities, much as that would be amazing. We have to bring in a be porous um, international talent. Pam, I know that you've got some thoughts on international capital as well. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> The big VCs are over here now in Sequoia, Anderson Horowitz, which is called A16Z. Are they here? Do you know why it's called A16Z? It's A and then Anderson Horowitz, uh, Z at the end. Yeah, so but they're here. We have members in the US. We have a famous one, Ron John, in California. And the, the sad thing is that it's good value here for VCs. Um, I know it's the heady days of early 2021 20, when in my set valuations were incredibly high and uh, the VCs they don't say this but they sort of come shopping over here and I, that is still the case it, regardless of I don't know what you'd say about this like your comments as long as you agree with me 100 <laughs> percent I agree uh, regardless of currency fluctuations um, they in Boston it's Kendall Square 
they know to come here. I mean, it sadly still is the Golden Triangle, Cambridge, Oxford, and, uh, and London. But we do attract still international capital. And our VCs work with them, and I, I think it's really good. I mean, the other thing that, sort of commenting on, I think Chris very quickly said, we need to scale up, and uh, Carmen mentioned scaling up. We lose too many of our companies, either mm. well, IPOing in the States or to big strategic acquirers, and that's a shame. But in terms of what we're doing here, I would have thought we'd attract a lot of um, strategic as well as you know, companies like in my world, GE, Boston Scientific, as well as, as international venture capital. And I think a measure of how successful it is is at JP Morgan's, and if you've been, uh, you don't go to the main meeting because only, you know, close to gold people go to that. So you go to all the fringes and you have to book a table like this in a hotel for a meeting. And, it co and hotel prices more than five times the normal rate. So I think that's a measure. If people are booking tables for meeting, because they all know that everybody's there at the same time. And you've made me think tonight that that's what would be good, I think. Do you agree? Great. I hundred percent agree. Could have said it better myself. Uh, one thing I would say on the comment, because we we had a lot of discussions, we just recently completed our uh, first goal of our series D round in, in December. Uh, and obviously the challenging environments, we were delighted uh, with the result. Uh, and we're also delighted too that 70% of that came from UK sources. And so I think there's been a, a lot of progress of late in terms of obviously opening up some of those capital pools you know, here. Obviously, you know, looking policymakers, looking at how you expand mandates for investments into scale up companies, companies that need more capital than might be kind of typical for your earlier stage venture raise. Uh, and so obviously we were delighted with the result. We were delighted too that so much was able to come from UK sources uh, and allow us to continue to grow and invest here. We're going to invest half a billion pounds over the next you know, five, six years uh, in our manufacturing here in the UK. Uh, and that's something that, you know, if you can get the backing of UK venture capital to do that, uh, it's an extremely positive result for the country too. Mm. And Carmen, obviously quantum is a very international industry. I'm assuming that it's a very good thing for the world to be coming to the outdoor step here. For sure, yeah. Quantum, like most of the technology sectors that you know, we that will feature in, in, in Tech Week, is it's global. Uh, it, it just makes absolutely no sense to, to think about just one country as a market. It it it, it won't work like that. So. We need to build a global brand that will be recognized uh, outside of the UK. Um, not only for hundred. I'm, I'm really surprised that the, those those figures. What, the, what was the percentage of UK? Seventy percent of our two hundred thirty million dollar round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should I should list all the investors now too, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd like to know. We can chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, not only for, for raising money, but just for, um, you know, when, when we talk, when we go talk to our, to customers like NVIDIA or Cisco, if they, if in their back of their minds, Cambridge is not a little village in the UK, but a center for global technology, that, that really helps actually. So yeah, I think, I mean, I would go as far as saying that 
something like Cambridge Tech Week is as good as the amount of people that they can bring in from outside Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a great comment to end the panel on from Carmen, bringing in people from the outside of Cambridge. And I also really loved the narrative of this being the South by Southwest for Cambridge. I thought that was quite, quite catchy. Yeah, I think that's a nice aspiration to have, to be something of the scale and impact of South by Southwest. And that's the right kind of ambition to have. Absolutely. And I think um, everyone's definitely listened to the feedback from last year's. And I think, you know, more engagement outside of Cambridge has, has been heard as some feedback. And it's it's great to see that starting to happen. Yeah, indeed. And we'll, we can come on to that when we talk to Russ um, in a little while as well. Um, so at the end of the panel, there were some audience questions. No surprise, the first one that came up was from the local community asking about the impact of infrastructure and skills and all those kinds of things. And I thought Harriet gave a really good response to that on the insights of the work that Cambridge Ahead are doing to push really for inclusive growth. Yeah, that's right. And also friend of the show, Simon Thorpe, who's been on before, uh, asked a question about engaging across the UK uh, to places like Manchester. You may recall um, there was the announcement between the University of Cambridge and Manchester to form stronger ties, um, which Chris confirmed is actually already taking place or is in the plan, which is great to hear. Yeah, it is. And I know he's he, Chris is working on different locations as well for other launch events after Cambridge and London have, have now completed. Um, Chris also said there's going to be a UK Tech Week activity. I can't quite get my head around what that one was. Um, so I think we could do with getting hold of Chris and finding out a little bit more about that. Um, I also spoke to the Cambridge event host whilst I was at the, the Cambridge launch, and that was Mills and Reeve. Um, in the opening presentation, I actually learned something, and I learned that their footprint is global, but their biggest office in Cambridge. So I talked to Doug McDonald afterwards and asked him to tell me a little bit more and to share his thoughts on Cambridge Tech Week. Doug, you did the introduction to the evening for us, didn't you? So thank you for, for joining me for a moment. Um, one thing that I didn't realise was about Mills and Reeves, that you're global, but the largest office is in Cambridge. So you don't necessarily have that global office footprint, but you have that remit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a third of our work is international in nature. We are the largest English law firm not to have an overseas office. And so what we have is we have a network of referral firms where we um, pick the best of local for our clients to make sure the local firm is right for the client. And we commit a lot of time to traveling internationally to make sure they are the right firm to refer our clients to. Um, but the reality is, especially in the technology sector, that the majority of our clients are always looking into other jurisdictions and looking to expand and also um, other companies from around the world coming into Cambridge. So the international work is there every day. And is it um, a specific kind of tech or do you, are you interested in any tech? Good question. The, the word tech is so broad and wide ranging. The reality is that what we do is it covers all tech, but actually we have um, particular focus areas where we do um, have different groups within the firm looking at different tech. So whether that might be health tech or med tech or tech bio, we do have particular lawyers that are um, experts in each particular segment within the broader tech umbrella. Right, brilliant. Thank you for just giving us a quick overview of, of Mills and Reeves. And we're here launching Cambridge Tech Week, so what do you think it's going to be like? What, what do you think of the presentations today? I thought they are great. And the really exciting thing is that everyone appears to be on the same page. It's very much not about shouting about the Cambridge brand. That 
talk to itself is actually making sure that Cambridge Tech Week is for the entire world and for getting everyone from all over the world to come to Cambridge to talk about tech. Brilliant. Thanks, Doug. And James, you caught up with Rushaw too ahead of the London event, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I mean, on that theme of engaging outside of Cambridge, great to see that there was a London launch event as well as a Cambridge launch event. So uh, myself and Russ go way back. So it was a great opportunity to uh, catch up with him. And I started by asking Russ to introduce himself. So my name is Russ Shaw. I'm the founder of Tech London Advocates and Global Tech Advocates. And we are essentially a network of communities and hubs around the world coming together in a voluntary capacity to support startups and scale-ups wherever they are. Amazing. Yeah, and, uh, and I saw the beginning of Tech Hackers London way back in the day, and it's the, the, the growth has been incredible. And you've been, um, you've been supporting the launch of Cambridge Tech Week in London, uh, which is exciting. So I guess my first question is, how can a Tech Week improve the connectivity and collaboration for a city? Yeah, I think I think a tech week like Cambridge Tech Week is is really important. I got involved many years ago to set up London Tech Week and have seen that week of activities go from strength to strength. And I think for Cambridge, it's really an opportunity to kind of have your show window up and running for an entire week to display what is going on in the Cambridge tech ecosystem. What's the talent like? What's the level of investment that's going into uh, the Cambridge tech sector? Obviously, there's a fabulous university that makes up uh, Cambridge as well. What's going on there? Why does that play such a critical role? And, you know, for me, Cambridge punches enormously above its weight in terms of its size and scale. I think it's the the Global Innovation Index has ranked Cambridge number one in terms of, I guess, the size and scale and intensity of innovation for for its size as a, as a city. And I think that really is an important marker that distinguishes Cambridge. So Tech Week, Cambridge Tech Week, can really spend time during the week letting everybody else know what's going on, kind of opening up the kimono, if you will, and saying, this is all the good stuff that's happening in Cambridge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we hear so much about the importance of community. You, you touched on in your introduction, you know, the, the Global Tech Advocates Network. I mean, that really is a testament to the power of community. So what kind of lessons and tips can you share from growing that community? I think first and foremost, this community is built on collaboration. We're all volunteers trying to create something bigger and better. And I think in terms of Cambridge and Cambridge Tech Week, it's about demonstrating the collaboration that's in the ecosystem and being able to show through people's better angels, if you will, what they can do to make something even bigger, bolder, and and more special. And I've seen this. We now have 34 groups uh, or hubs, if you will, in our in our network, covering over 50 countries. And um, you know, I speak to the leaders in different parts of the world every day. And there's just a real passion and and enthusiasm for building communities that focus on a mission. And in this case, it's about really supporting the startups and scale-ups who are changing the world, who are disrupting the world, who are building the future products and services. So it has a very strong future orientation grounded on a belief that, you know, digital and technology can make such a fundamental difference in our lives for good. 
you know, we know that there is some could potentially some bad things happening with digital and tech, and we're also speaking out about those issues as well. But again, it's the collaboration, it's the explanation to folks who may not be as close to the sex sector. That's one of the reasons why our community exists. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're super busy. So my final question before I let you go, you, obviously a lot of stuff comes past you in your role. You're seeing, you know, what's going on in tech, not only in the UK, but globally. So when you look ahead, uh, either to Cambridge Tech Week or more generally across the year for the UK tech industry or globally, what are you excited about? I think many things excite me. I think on the horizon, I guess, kind of two big things. One is around the importance of how we use technology to drive uh, net zero and sustainability. And there's probably not a tech hub I've come across anywhere in the world that isn't looking at that and trying to address that, which is what I think is probably the planet's biggest challenge. And then it's the emerging technologies that are going to help us along the way. When I look at quantum, when I look at chips in the semiconductor sector, when I look at generative AI and data analytics, when I look at life, life sciences and the whole biotechnology space, you know, what's happening in all of those sectors is going to be hugely transformational. And I think bringing that back to Cambridge Tech Week, Cambridge as a tech hub and ecosystem has its, has its tentacles in all of those areas and many more. You know, quantum businesses are emerging. The chip sector, you know, has some of its roots in Cambridge. The data analytics piece, life sciences, you know, you, you can trace a lot of the success of the broader UK tech ecosystem to, to some of the exciting things that are happening in Cambridge. So to me, what's on the horizon, what's coming out, what we even don't know about today really excites me. And um, Cambridge Tech Week, I think, is an opportunity to share and expose so many to the great things that are happening there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's so much to get excited about. And as you say, Cambridge has a role to play in many, if not all of those sectors. So, you know, thanks so much. And, you know, appreciate the support you're giving to Cambridge Tech Week. We're certainly going to be covering it in the in the run up and, and, and you know, as the, the week unfolds. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. Thanks so much for coming on, Russ. Thank you for having me. And great to be a Cambridge Tech Week ambassador. Yeah, it's really great to have advocates like Russ in place for the for the event as well. And there were other speakers involved in the London event as well. So there was Ollie Barrett, Stambolan, Kian Hughes, Manjari Chandran Ramesh, and the hosts were Rathbones. And so to wrap up this week's episode, Faye, I believe you caught up with Chris Bruce. I did, and that's only right, seeing as he's the chair of the Cambridge Tech Week Steering Committee. So, Chris, we've just launched. I mean, we've been part of the audience and you've been up there and you've just launched Cambridge Tech Week for 2024. How does that feel? Fantastic. We've been working on it for so long. It's really nice having had lots and lots of conversations with people across Cambridge and outside to actually be able to stand up with a packed room and uh, launch the programme. And a really good response, I think. I just told you, and I'm going to completely drop my into it now. So Matt McLaughlin from Foresight Group just said to myself and Ann Bailey, should we get involved in this? And we both went, yes, absolutely. So I think that's Fantastic. the kind of response you want, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we want, we want lots of organisations and companies in and around Cambridge, in fact, from outside of Cambridge too, to get involved to make this uh, even better than last year. When you were talking, you said you wanted to be like South by Southwest. Tell, what, what do you mean by that? Well, what I meant was, not necessarily a music festival, what I meant was this should be an event for global tech coming together. 
and if you roll forward you know vision for 10 years say i'd like to think that global tech has cambridge on its calendar say right in september we need to be in cambridge because that's where everybody else is going to be a bit like mobile world congress for for the telecoms business which i know but you don't have to have come from austin texas to be involved in south by southwest and you won't have to come from cambridge to be involved in cambridge tech week now there probably will be a lot of cambridge tech there because that's there's a lot of it but I think the point is we've got to open the doors and encourage people in because there's all sorts of other collaborations and contributions that can come in all sorts of ways. Technology, business development, investment, selling, buying, who knows. And I think sitting in the audience that came across really well that it's not a Cambridge for Cambridge event. So I think, you know, that, that message did come over. And it's why we've got a fantastic event here this evening with hosted by Mills and Reeve, which we really appreciate. We've got great turnout but I've got another one in London deliberately so hosted by Rathbones for the same same sort of audience but less Cambridge people yeah. but similar investors entrepreneurs and other members of the ecosystem with a slightly different message which is jump on the train come yeah. to Cambridge because there's great stuff happening absolutely so Nick and um, Finlayson Brown from Mills and Reeves the host as you've just mentioned he started by saying you've got to remember three words what are those three words oh, no you're testing me <laughs> innovate innovate invest grow they've been uh, my mantra for the last six months brilliant so definitely we're going to all be watching out for all the announcements that are coming out and where are people going to go for more information well the Cambridge Tech Week uh, website is still live from last year we're now updating it with content for 2024 uh, which will be in September 9th to the 13th of September um, we've got a number of exciting modules and programs and we've announced the overall shape of the, the, the week we'll start going into detail once those are confirmed in the next uh, few weeks and months as we go through spring but we've got a number of things that we're excited to um, be able to announce but not yet ready to so watch this space oh I love the teaser thank you for that and I'd better let you go and do some more networking now thank you very much Faye so keep your ears and eyes peeled as the official podcast partner for Cambridge Tech Week we'll be bringing you regular news and updates as they become available and we'll see you next week today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV and supported by our media partner Business Weekly the Cambridge Tech Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and on cambridgetechpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star review. It will really help others discover the show.